You're listening to episode 404 of the UAV Digest. I'm Max Flight. And I'm David Vanderhoof, not to be found. Okay, that was a really <laughs> bad joke because it's episode 404. Episode not found. Yeah, Max, I've had a great aviation week um, since the last time we spoke. I went to Dover Air Force Base for their air show and got to see the Blue Angels and Thunderbirds in one day. And on Tuesday night, I got to see the special opening of Top Gun in IMAX. So, David, how was it? It was fantastic. If you like the original movie, you will love this movie because it's got all of the right beats to it. You enjoy it. Um, it's got humor in it. It's got some really touching moments. It's not over messagey. And, you know, it though it was kind of funny. Amber, my girlfriend, was kind of amazed at the demographic as we pulled in the parking lot. There was a bunch of large men drinking beer, tailgating to the Top Gun <laughs> soundtrack in the parking lot. Oh so as I was, she's like, oh, this is the demographic? I'm like, I'm not going to go there. But I highly recommend it, um, whether you are deep in the aviation or you're just on the periphery. It's a really good movie. And the the special effects and the fact that all of the pilots go through G-Lock and all of that other, and watching them actually do it in real time is kind of impressive. So definitely see it at least once and if and as big a screen as possible. All right. Well, we'll have to plan that really quickly, something uh, in the next few days, I hope. And for topics, we've got an air assault by Drone Swarm, which is kind of what happens in Top Gun, an African drone deployment, a drone that kills wasps, flying in the wind with deep learning, a unique view from above, drones or UFOs, the Navy answers the question, and Walmart expands drone delivery. So, Max, we've pro I've procrastinated long enough. We Should we get started? Let's do a podcast, David. Our first story is from thedrive.com. 28 drone swarm just led the way for a simulated air assault mission. This is more information about a previous U.S. Army experiment in which one operator controlled a swarm of drones to be a frontline attack. 28 drones, in fact, was the size of the swarm, and they were all controlled through a mesh tactical network. And the, the swarm went off searching for simulated enemy positions, sending back tactical data. And in, in this experiment, the drones were launched from both aircraft and ground vehicles. And the interesting thing about this was it was four waves of seven aircraft. So they were spreading and fanning out um, to do the deep penetration. And this was all part of the 2022 Experimental Demonstration Gateway Exercise, EDGE, gotta love the Department of Defense coming up with those terms. The swarm was overseen by a surrogate for the Army's future attack recon aircraft, or FARA, otherwise known as a crude UH-60 Blackhawk. And I guess they did some other uh, surrogates during this uh, exercise. Yeah, the, the UH-60 Blackhawk, as well as uncrewed MQ-1C Gray Eagles. I guess, David, what they're looking to do here is, is sort of demonstrate and show that a networked 
swarm of unmanned aircraft can can fly into enemy territory, gather information on the intended landing zone. Uh, this prior to sending in a maybe a crude helicopter for an air assault mission. And these drones were operating together as you know at, in one unit. I think one person operating twenty eight drones is kind of an amazing feat. Um, and one man operating 28 drones and then having it fed to crewed aircraft and uncrewed aircraft through this internet mesh network is, it's hard to believe the technology's come this far for Max since in our 404 episodes that we've done this, that we've got now one person operating 28 drones and interacting with both manned and unmanned aircraft. And I hope we eventually see civil applications for drone swarming like this. I can uh, imagine a number of different applications for groups of drones or a swarm of drones performing some common, you know, shared mission. If not, uh, only to uh, you know speed up the operation. So, for example, precision agriculture, we see sometimes uh, you know a single drone surveying or applying pesticides or something like that. But if you can organize an entire swarm to do that task, uh, it can be a lot more uh, efficient. And we could all, you could also say disaster recovery or, or search and rescue. Ah, yes. I mean, would be, would be another in surveillance kind of operation, but in the civilian world, you know, being able to find survivors and, in a, a timely manner, you know, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later with with a photography uh, article. But um, what you can see from above the situation is um, can be quite helpful and can speed up the process. So, swarms, swarms, here we go. So, Wingcopter and Continental Drones want to deploy twelve thousand drones in Africa. By 2017. Now, folks, this is not going to be flown by one person. This is going to, <laughs> unlike the last story. That's right. You said 2017, but you meant to say 2027. 2027? Yes. Right, okay, right. Well. So Wingcopter is a German drone delivery company, and they've partnered with Continental Drones, which is a subsidiary of Atlantic Trust Holding. And as you said, David, in this partnership, they intend to build a network of 12,000 of these Wingcopter 198 drones in Africa, primarily to deliver healthcare products, things like medicine, vaccines, but also things like laboratory samples. The drones will be deployed over five years starting in 2023, which is not that far away. Hmm. The network will span 49 sub-Saharan countries. The Wingcopter 198 drones can carry up to three packages per flight and deliver 11 pounds over a distance up to 46 miles. The maximum payload is over just over 13 pounds and is a fixed-wing e-vertol. So, I mean, Wingcopter's been around for a while. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's sort of got pylons off of the wings so it can take off and land vertically, but it's, it's basically a fixed-wing aircraft. And it's interesting, Max, that, you know, Africa has become quite the hotbed of medical deliveries for UASs. Right. We've talked about Zipline operating in Africa. Similar, it sounds like similar kinds of uh, missions. 
And I mean, Africa is um, ideally suited to this kind of thing because as I think we've discussed in the past, it's generally characterized by remote communities and a very poor uh, road system. So the the distance between, uh, say, a clinic in a in a small uh, community and the the hospital or the lab that can run the tests or, or uh, you know or whatever the geographic distance can be small, but the time to travel on the ground can be very very long. So if uh, samples uh, for for lab tests can be moved by drone, or if medications can be returned back to the to the clinic, for example, uh, you know, by drone, just a huge, huge time saver. So it's uh, it's an ideal place to apply drones. You know, those elephant crossings, boy, they just they just hold you up like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, <laughs> you have to yield for the larger animal. So. Our next story comes from suasnews.com. Aeropest has created a precision spraying drone called the Hummingbird, which is going to kill wasps. That's right. This is something that they've uh, patented, but uh, the idea is that uh, this drone has a, well, a sprayer, but it's also got an articulating nozzle. So they say that it can rise up to a, uh, a location like a wasp nest, for example, and uh, you know, apply the the chemical in a very um, uh, controlled and accurate way. Um, so that's that's kind of the uh, the first application, I guess, for this. But they're looking at other things as well, other applications. Really, any any time you need to apply any kind of a liquid at uh, any kind of a height. So examples might include de-icing fluid on uh, commercial aircraft or even uh, lubrication of uh, industrial mach- uh, machinery. And this kind of a delivery method, of course, is, is safer, you know, can be safer than sending people up in a ladder, in a crane, or you know, climbing, or whatever. So it's, um, you know, they, they've got an interesting application here. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and nothing's worse than trying, having it, being, having to take down a wasp nest, you know, if anybody, if you've ever had to do that, boy, that's that's not fun, you know. But but it is kind of neat to see this. Um, you definitely check out the article in the show notes. You know, it, you've got basically a nozzle, like a fire truck nozzle, hanging underneath this quadcopter, and it, it's spraying this the building. So definitely pesticides. I'm all for it. Let's let's keep going. It's a perfectly good, perfectly good use. So they expect this to be available in the third quarter of 2022. And I also looked at the Aeropest website where you can find out uh, who are the company uh, executives, the leadership team of the company. And interestingly, the founder and CEO, who's Harrison Hertzberg, is currently a Drexel University student. And the management team includes two other Drexel students, but also there's a grown-up mixed in there too. There's an air, sorry, there's an aeronautical engineer uh, who's also, I guess, been a serial entrepreneur and a product designer. But a very youthful company created by, I guess, primarily by these Drexel University students. Hey, let's hear it for Philadelphia. Drexel's in Philadelphia, right? Yep. 
Drexel. Yep. Drexel is one of the Philadelphia universities. So yeah, it's the science school of, of the, of the, them. So, all right, well, let's move on from bugs to wind. Um, Neurofly improves drones wind capability, says a U.S. study. This was OpenGovernmentAsia.com. Autonomous drones need to deal with real wind conditions in real time. Caltech engineers have created Neurofly. It's deep learning technology. Drones can react to an unexpected wind conditions in real time. So here we see deep learning. Why AI? Well, the research scientist Sun Jo Chung explained, uh, the quote, this, or the issue is that the direct and specific effect of various wind conditions on aircraft dynamics, performance, and stability cannot be accurately characterized as a simple mathematical model. So they use deep learning and adaptive control. And in this, in this uh, um, scenario, the aircraft actually learns from past experience and adapts to new conditions. So the Neurofly was evaluated at Caltech Center for Autonomous Systems and Technology, CAST. They used a real weather wind tunnel, a 10-foot by 10-foot array with more than 1,200 tiny computer-controlled fans that enable engineers to model everything from a mild breeze to a gale. So that's teaching the AI what they're dealing with. So, Max, what was their methodology? Well, this is really interesting because machine learning, as you may know, generally generally requires huge amounts of data. You just need tons and tons of data. Uh, whereas uh, physics-based models actually have greater flying performance or can, but... A real-time deep neural network is uh, very difficult to do. You just have kind of too much going on to be real-time. So Neuralfly uses this technique that's called separation. In effect, the neural network is pre-trained, but leaving a small number of parameters that need to be altered in real time. So in other words, you know, it's not all happening in real time. Some of it you can, you know, you, some of the training you can do in advance, I guess, is the way to, to think of it. And so in operation, this uh, neural network is just adjusting a few number of, uh, of parameters, and that way it can be really responsive. So as, uh, as an example... Um, in, in the article, we see that uh, after only 12 minutes of flying data, the uh, autonomous quadcopter drones that were outfitted with neural fly learned how to respond to severe winds so well that their performance improves dramatically as judged by their ability to precisely follow a flight route. So they've really figured out a technique to you know, employ this machine learning, but in a way that can be exercised real time, which of course that's what you need if you're trying to to fly a, a delivery drone, say from one point to another. You may know broadly what the wind conditions are like, but you don't know uh, every single gust of wind. And the drone, if it's flying autonomously, needs to be able to react to that. I'm sorry, Max, but Neurofly sounds awfully close to Skynet. <laughs> yeah, and if you have a uh, a swarm of uh, of these things, and it's even more like Skynet. There's something you don't see every day. 
Drone snaps reveal extraordinary sights only visible from above, from a crashed airplane to a 200-foot stuffed rabbit. This was from the dailymail.co.uk. Um, this is just a fun article, folks. It, it, it's just got some amazing f- photography in it. Did you have a favorite, Max? You know, so many of these are interesting. Uh, w- one thing about aerial photographs, whether they're taken from an aircraft, I mean, well, a manned aircraft, let's say, uh, a crewed aircraft or a drone, this give you a perspective that's completely different than what we're uh, used to seeing on the ground. And so we've all seen a lot of interesting photos taken by drones. And so that's what this article has. It has a, a bunch of them. The first one is, you know, it's it's kind of simple, but you remember there was a Pegasus Airlines plane went off the runway in Turkey and kind of over this huge embankment. And we've seen the photos of it taken from the ground. And it's, you know, you it, it captures it really well. But when you see a drone uh, photo, a photo taken by a drone uh, of, of this accident, it, it just has a completely different perspective. You can see the entire runway. You can see the sort of the magnitude of the, uh, the accident and, uh, you know, how it could have gone seriously, uh, seriously wrong. Um, I actually kind of like the, there's one in, in here of two women on um, stand-up surfboards and they're waving at the drone. And if you look in the water in front of them is a reef shark, which, mm. which they don't seem to be aware of. So it, that's kind of an interesting shot. Um, there's also one which is a um, man-made, what looks like a sinkhole, but it's a man-made sinkhole that um, is to help drain a lake to avoid a dam breaking. They're, they really do they definitely take some time and, and look through the photographs because they are very rewarding and some of them are very striking. Yeah, they are. The whale shots are always kind of uh, interesting to me and... Uh... There are many others in this uh, in this article that are kind of worth looking at. So we talked about the drone swarms or the UFOs or whatever the, happening to the U.S. Navy off the coast of California in 2019. Well, the Navy and the Department of Defense says it wasn't UFOs, but it was drones. But that begs the question: If it was drones, who were they? Whose were they? Yeah, and. <sighs> I don't know exactly how the Department of Defense is defining drone here. I mean, the article mentions that in a lot of the documentation surrounding uh, these events, uh, most of which came out of Freedom of Information Act requests, you see the word drone or UAVs or UAS, and that's apparently how the uh, you know the sailors, the people who who were observing these things uh, referred to them, but I don't know. I mean, if it just means that there are not human beings inside these things, yeah, it it begs the question, okay, what are they? Where are they from? It doesn't really indicate whether they're terrestrial or extraterrestrial. It just says that they're drones. I mean, you know, little green men, you know, the greys could uh, be uh, operating drones, Okay, my friend, you've been watching too much Ancient Aliens. I know I have. I absolutely uh, have. But, but, that, but that being said, it, you know, this, 
This is one of those times where the government really need. I mean, okay, if we rule out they are extraterrestrials, right, and and they're not little green men from Mars, we had a U.S. fleet off the coast of the United States that were visibly intercepted and or watched and or chased, pick your whatever terminology, by a series of aircraft, manned or unmanned, it doesn't matter. But they were, the Navy's not supposed to let that happen to their warships. You know, it's, you know, and then the question is, okay, if it was some 15-year-old off the coast of, in California, how did they get all that technology? Okay, if it was one of our pure nation um, adversaries, what the hell are they doing off the coast of California? I mean, there's... Yeah, whether they're drones or UFOs, I, I don't feel any better. It wasn't a good... Yeah, I was going to say... It, Okay, it's you're basically, and it's not, and, and this kind of disclaimer or um, clarification just sets the people who are the conspiracy theorists even more down. You know, it's yeah. it, it. So it, it it is kind of we're gonna keep following up on this because this doesn't make any sense. I mean, and it if it is just drones, then we need to know who it was and why were they were not treated as hostile and, you know, and just, I don't know. Yeah. The, the government likes to use the term UAP now, right? Um, unidentified yeah. aerial phenomena. phenomena. It's still, it, it was a, U, they were UAPs before and they're UAPs now, whether they, whether you classify them as a drone or as a UFO, it's still a UAP. We don't know what they are, what their intent is and where they come from. So, yeah, I don't feel any better than I did, you know, before this, quote, clarification. <laughs> so. so, you know what? This is going to happen when Walmart expands its drone deliveries to reach 4 million households. There's going to be a lot of people complaining that there are things flying around. Um, Walmart intends to offer drone-delivered packages from 34 stores by the end of 2022. From stores in Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Texas, Utah, and Virginia. And that covers 4 million households. But more importantly, there's a $3.99 delivery charge. I'd pay 4 bucks to have whatever I ordered delivered by drone just yeah, for the. I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. Now, um, items delivered by these drones have to weigh less than 10 pounds. Uh, they say they'll be taking orders between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., so it's not 24 hours <laughs> delivery service. And, in fact, that that, uh, that service is provided by the company DroneUp. We've talked about that before. So the process is fairly simple. Uh, Walmart receives the order. They pack the items into a box, attach it to the drone, and the drone pilot flies the drone to the customer's residence, drops the box in their yard. It's pretty simple. So if you live in any of those states um, and you have the opportunity to have this done, let us know and make sure you film it. Because we, we want to know for us people who um, don't qualify, you know. Now, I think it's important to, to note that uh, unlike some others, 
Walmart's uh, strategy is not to operate autonomous drones. These are piloted and line of sight. So that's obviously fairly limiting. Now they can put a tower or some mast up or something at these stores uh, to give them, you know, a greater um, sight distance. But still, deliveries are limited to a 1.5-mile radius. So it's kind of amazing that 34 stores have uh, 4 million households within a mile and a half radius. But uh, so it is very, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of limited geographically in that sense. Well, Max, that wraps up this episode. Like the UAPs that are off the coast of California, this one's we're going to wrap up and call it 404 and um, not found. Not found. You can find us at the UAVdigest.com. Check it out. We have show notes there with links to all of the news stories we talk about. We also have uh, typically links to uh, the companies that are involved in these stories, uh, sometimes some ad- additional information if you want to dig a little bit deeper into that. And you can find all of that at the UAVdigest.com. And of course, you can find us on social media. And you do that by um, checking out our Twitter feed, our Facebook feed. Max and I are both on LinkedIn. Um, you can join our conversation there. Or you can join our Slack listener team, and you can do that by sending us an email to feedback at the UAVdigest.com. Likewise, if you want to submit a story for us to look at a review or um, think that we should know about, send again, send that email to feedback at the UAVdigest.com. So with that, Max, I can't believe May's over. Next week will be June. <laughs> Year's almost half over. Yeah. Wow. So with that, I'm going to say this is David in Delaware. And Max on the eastern shore of the Chesapeake Bay. That would be Maryland, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening.